just keep being you. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlbogen. I'm on a mission to foster civility, respect, and integrity with a dash of sartorial elegance in the boardroom and beyond. And I invite you to join me on my quest. Never have to be like anybody else cause you're my favorite person when you're being yourself. A true original right from the start, straight from the heart, a great work of art, you stand apart. Okay. Welcome back to the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I have a really exciting guest here for you today. I'm going to give you a little bit of her background. Uh, her name is Heather Monahan. Heather is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and founder of Boston Heels. Having successfully climbed the corporate ladder for nearly 20 years, Heather is one of the few women to break the glass ceiling and claim her spot in the C-suite. As a chief revenue officer in media, Heather Monahan is a glass ceiling award winner, named one of the most influential women in radio in 2017, and Thrive Global named her a limit-breaking female founder in 2018. Heather's new book, Confidence Creator, shot to number one on Amazon's business biographies and business motivation lists the first week it debuted on Amazon. Heather is a confidence expert and is currently working with Fortune 500 companies and professional sports to develop confidence in the workplace and on the court. She's also a member of Florida International University's Advisory Council to further serve as a mentor and leader in the South Florida community. Heather and her son, Dylan, reside in Miami. But most exciting, Heather is actually launching her new book, Overcome Your Villains, next week, I believe, right? So welcome to the show, Heather. And yeah, let's get right into it. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Very excited to finally meet you. Well, Zoom meet you, right? <laughs> so... um. I'm going to let you tell us all about your book. Very excited for you about that, um, especially based on the success of your first one. So for my listeners, Heather, who don't know, I, you know, I just shared your overall bio, but you can you share with them your recent professional background and story and how you came to be the entrepreneur and two-time author that you are today? Yeah, sure. So I my background was primarily in sales and sales leadership in corporate America. I had... Uh, become a chief revenue officer in media um, after being promoted three different times and was really doing a great job when the CEO I reported to for 14 years became ill and he elevated his daughter to replace him and she fired me immediately. So I took that opportunity to write and self-publish my first book, Confidence Creator, which trumped Trump for number one on the business biography list the first week it came out, which was crazy. And then I Googled, how do you sell books? And it said, speak. And I had spoken for over 15 years in corporate America, but I didn't know it was a business um, because in media, we didn't hire outside speakers. We would only have C-suite executives speak at most events. So um, I figured out this whole speaking business thing. I gave my first TEDx talk, which was promoted to TED and translated into six languages. And then the pandemic hit and I launched a consulting and coaching program because my speaking business disappeared. And during that time, I was appointed to the board of directors of HealthLink Corporation in Naples, Florida. And then I started virtual speaking, which I'm still doing to this day, which is so crazy. Um, but as the world is in this, you know, hybrid space, it's a lot of some in-person events, but primarily virtual events still. So during that time, I signed with HarperCollins Leadership and I wrote uh, my second book, Overcome Your Villains. 
Which is launching next, what's the date, the specific date next? Well, it's, it's interesting. Our original target date was November 9th, but there's okay. tremendous supply chain issues right now, not only for the publishing business, but for every business. So the one thing I would tell anyone listening, go order the book right now, because one thing's for sure, the book's going to sell out and I don't know how long it will take for that book to come back in again. And then I was speaking to another author today who launched a book last week. And he said the delivery times were up to three weeks long um, on delivery. So it definitely makes sense to pull the trigger now if you want to get a book before Christmas. Yeah. And I'm going to, um, we're going to talk more about that later too, that if they do pre-order the fantastic gift you're including with that, I'm going to uh, get back to that later, Heather. So, um, so your the title of your book is Overcome Your Villains. And I know all, I, I, I've listened to every podcast episode, I think, well, most that you've put out because your content is amazing. I've really gotten to know that, that story, you know, that part, you reference that at times. But so another thing in common, your workplace bully, let's just say that, was also a female. And I'm curious, did you have, like, in your career, did you have trouble working with any other female colleagues or team teammates? Like, in other words, was it generally not an issue? Like, you know, it's interesting. I, I look back on my career and I primarily had male uh, mentors my entire career until I went out on my own. And now I primarily am surrounded by female uh, role models and mentors. It's really, it's been different. But during my time in corporate America um, at that last company that I worked with, there were a few women there that definitely were not fans of mine. And, um, you know, one in particular that kind of led the initiative to, yeah. you know, try to try to hold me back. But um no, outside of that company, I had not had issues, you know, mm -hmm. growing up, I didn't have issues with women or, you know, in my first few jobs, I didn't have issues with women. It sort of um, really came to head that the last couple of years at my old job. Yeah. The, the reason I asked that question, Heather, is uh, to lead into, I, I know there's a little tie in with it, but the, the building of your personal brand, um, because that is something I'm, you know, I'm focusing on with my podcast the importance of it, especially post pandemic, right. To have like a, a catch net to fall back on, but that, that was possibly part of the reason you were targeted and because you were putting yourself out there in your best light. Right. And that obviously didn't sit well with some people. Yeah. I mean, you never know what someone else is thinking. I can give my opinion and mm -hmm. my opinion is yes, that's why I got fired is because the woman that ended up firing me hated my personal brand, hated me elevating myself, you know, and she threatened me many times with the GC of the company and told mm -hmm. me I had to shut it down. But I had done my due diligence. I had spoken to attorneys, you know, I knew what my rights mm -hmm. were and I knew there was nothing, there was no reason why there should be that conflict of interest. However, you know, in the end there was, and, and she really, you know, she wasn't a fan of me promoting myself and uh, she made it that crystal clear when she fired me. Yeah. That's, it's unfortunate because like I said, um, there's a lot of, there are actually a lot of employers that are now embracing having their, their team build their brand because it also is a great representation of the organization. So it's too bad that that person or those few people were so behind in the thinking of, in marketing and really you know, maximizing social media and, and your, your employees brands, right? Too bad they're lost. So well, the, um, the irony is, is I, I guess since I've been gone, she's launched her own personal brand. And so she's really trying, you know, launched a podcast and done a lot of the different things that I was doing. So, you know, um, it's just funny to see how things end up, you know, playing out after the fact. But one thing I would say to that is that I've come to grips with this. 
obviously the woman was threatened by me and it does make sense for her to fire me if she's threatened by me, right? Going to work every day, facing someone that you're intimidated by that is upsetting you is not, a, you know, a way to live. So for whatever reason, she fired me. I wasn't the right fit for her and, and I'm grateful for it today. And it actually was like, as you say, you fired your villain that day, right? Because look what, look, look at what's happened in your life since you were free from that, those chains, right? Of, of competition or people that didn't have your back. So you, you did mention doing due diligence. That would be advice to give creators today or people trying to build their brand, right? Do your due diligence, make sure you're in compliance, make sure you're not in conflict with anything. And if you have to maybe get permission, if you're just starting. So that, that leadership issue, you know, there where someone makes a decision based out of uh, personal inconvenience, not appreciate, not liking someone in their circle daily, whatever it is, that can come at great cost to the organization, right? I mean, there's, um, Joe Mullings calls it when you, when you lose a force multiplier in your, on your team, which I know you were, I mean, you, you're, you, the revenue you brought in for that organization was off the charts and I've seen what's happened since you left. So it's obvious that organizations that where leadership is making decisions based, like I said, on emotion or, or jealousy, which are not, there, those aren't places to make any business decision. We all know that. So, you know, just something to, for leaders to think about that it's a business decision. It's not an emotional decision, right? And it can it really affect you in the, in a bad way. Road, right? Okay. So what about um, in your experience as a female leader, making it to the C-suite, the concept of trusting your gut with things like whether back then or even in the past three years have you as you've been on your entrepreneurial journey like any lessons learned any um tips you can give people like I know that's something you you definitely kind of fly by that's you know sixth sense as a woman anything to share with that yeah, the first thing that pops into my mind is when I was getting married, I'll never forget. It was a day of my wedding. And I said to my ex-husband, something tells me I can't go through this. I can't do it. And I felt terrible, you know, having waited till that moment to, to let him know that. Um, but he called his mother. She came down and begged me. He begged me and I went through with it. And we ended up divorced, you know, within a year later. So the, the one thing that I'll say is when push comes to shove, tune into your own voice and don't let others try to make you feel bad because you will have the right answer for you. Yes, it might not be the right answer for somebody else in the moment, but in the end, it is the right answer. And that is the one voice you need to move on, not anyone else's. Wow, that just gave me chills because I, I bet there's a lot of other women listening or, or out there that could relate to that, you know? And, and again, I think it's our you know, wanting to not wanting to inconvenience people, you know, but this is a huge life decision. Right. And then you maybe would have, although you wouldn't have your beautiful boy. So there was a blessing in there. Oh, no, I, I was pregnant at that point. Anyways, I still would have, I just would have had all my money back that I lost. Oh, my oh I know. Ooh, I have actually a, a, a finance specialist coming on soon that talks about women managing their money. And I'm like, yeah. So, but yeah, at least you did get an amazing gift out of that whole thing. So trying to be positive, right? That's, that's interesting. Thank you for that. I, I know I had Melanie Borden on last week and she um, talked about, I think a, a similar personal experience. You know, she's raising her two children alone um, she, after a divorce. So yes, let's listen to our gut ladies, right? Okay. So you mentioned earlier, you had a lot of, previously you had, you worked with male mentors or that's who you gravitated to. That's where you found your support system right now as an entrepreneur, it's more female, but um 
big difference there too, right? As far as men, I think, why do you think it's the different, what, what do you think the differences are having a well, male versus for me, I was in a male dominated business. So, you know, there was primarily men in all of those C-suite positions. So it's not shocking that those were my mentors, right? Mm -hmm. They were the owners or they were the executives I worked with. Um, they're very direct. And I think that for them, they like to, at that time I was, you know, a younger female, they like that idea of trying to give a hand to someone who might not get that opportunity. And because a few of them took a vested interest in, in, in me and and let me tell you, my first mentor was my um, initially my boss, and then my equity—I was his equity partner for years. He netted thirty million off the deal that he and I did together, so he made plenty of money off of it. A lot of people say to me, "How did you get a mentor?" Because I busted my butt for that guy, right? I worked, I right. moved to Saginaw, Michigan, for him. I ran the operation so that he could stay home with his family in Atlanta, and I could still, you know, drive the revenue. So. I worked really hard for those opportunities and for that mentorship and definitely made sure that my mentors were, you know, gaining something uh, in return for the advice and direction that I got. But, you know, it's different now today in that the women that mentor and support me, they're much more relatable in that they mm. have kids or they, right. have, you know, they deal with mom guilt or, you know, <laughs> they know what it's like, you know, to be judged for how you look, things that men just they're not really gonna be able to relate to or identify with. And in some ways, it's funny when I think back to those conversations with male mentors, because they couldn't relate to that, they would dismiss it. You know, they don't wanna have that discussion, which in some instances is helpful, right? It, it's like, right. let's put that to the side. That's not useful here. Let's refocus on business and how can we move business forward? So I'm grateful that I've had both. Um, I think both are incredibly helpful in different ways. Yeah, I agree. Because I think I love what you mentioned about the directness and no nonsense about working with males, men, uh, whether they're mentors, colleagues, teammates. I, I'm I'm all about that, too. I, I preferred that because it was like there wasn't room for the drama and the this and the that, you know, and business got done and decisions were made quickly and efficiently. And, and that's there is a definite bonus to that. Um, but then there, there is nice to have the camaraderie with other women that understand, you know, and, you know, going through a pandemic, stuck at home with your kids, not being able to get your roots done. All the things that as women were like, guys don't want to hear that. They're like, hey, I'm golfing more because I'm home. So they don't care that it's a pandemic. The Gentlewoman Boss podcast has been named top 20 best month reporting podcasts of 2021 by Welp Magazine, number 36 of 200 in Top Entrepreneurship Podcasts by Podchaser, and Top 20 Best Whistleblower Podcasts for 2021 by CastBox Media. For sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website at thegentlewomanboss.com. So yeah, interesting. Okay. So tell us, um, so everyone probably has a good idea now of, of Heather's, you know, background, the, um, the reason to her new book is called Overcome Your Villains. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book? I know, um, let's focus on your new one. If you want to add stuff about Confidence Creator, that's fine too. But why don't you kind of explain to our listeners about your new book, why you wrote it, and who can benefit from it? It's a pretty wide pretty wide audience, right? From what I've read. Yeah. You know, I am um, this time, my first book, I self-published my new book. I published with HarperCollins Leadership. So one of the things that's different about my new book is that 
everything is done through the lens of data, right? So one of the, after I wrote my first book, I opened up a Word doc on my computer and I would put any questions that I received from my community in there or any feedback that I would get to help guide me on, you know, what's that next thing that I do? What, what do I create next? What are people asking me for? And whatever people are asking you for something repetitively, that's an indicator that you have a new business there or a new product there or a new solution that you can offer your community. So I kept those notes and I was getting asked a lot. How did you go from rock bottom getting fired to where you are today? How did you get the TEDx talk? How did you bounce back, you know, from really feeling wiped out and devastated? And how did you do it quickly? So my initial goal with the new book was to give that roadmap to people so that they could understand, you know, here are the very specific steps that I took that you can take in your life, you know, to overcome different challenges. And then through that time and, and through the data that we collected from testing different things, I came up with this three-step process, which is called my back process around beliefs, action, and knowledge, mm -hmm. and put the entire book through these different sections so that the reader can really remind themselves that it, anytime they face adversity, if you implement this three-step process, which there's plenty of information in every single chapter about that it's going to help you not only overcome your villains, but overcome any other challenge that you face. It's so interesting. And I think I heard you recently share that it's not the kind of book that has to be read from the first page to the last either. You can sort of hop to the section, like the way you've broken it down, say like today, I need these, I need to remind myself of this, or I'm dealing with this. So it's more like a, it can be like a, it'll be a reference guide as well, not just a one-time read, right? Yeah, you, you can read it, you know, from page one right through, but I, one of the things I suggest in chapter two is a lot of people, if you're an action person, for example, which I happen to be, I feel very comfortable taking action. I like hearing about things where people are saying, go do this, you know, go take action on this. That makes me, okay, boom, done. I'll do right. that. For me, I don't love whether it be, you know, self-reflecting or knowledge, you know, things that I feel like are slower moving. Mm -hmm. So I just personally gravitate towards more faster moving things. Some people, a great example is my sister. My sister has always been huge into reading. She's big into things where, you know, it's her in her own space alone accessing knowledge not taking action and, and being with other people. So I look at the difference between someone like me versus her. In my book, it would be great for her to jump right to the knowledge section because she's going to feel comfortable with that. She's going to be able to build some trust and credibility with the author, right? To say, okay, this makes sense for me. Now I can move on to the things that are a little bit harder for me to grasp. But now that I have this baseline, you know, I can go from there. I can build some momentum. So there are two different ways to utilize it. Or to your point, at any point in time, after you've read the book, you can say, I'm feeling stuck today. What do I do? I need to go to the action section mm -hmm. so that I can get myself to springboard out of this situation. Yeah. It sounds, I'm so excited to read it, Heather. I'm so excited. So you, you mentioned you self-published confidence creator, but this is a, you're going through HarperCollins leadership. And from listening to your podcast, I know those journeys have been very, very different. So I'm sure there's probably pluses and minuses from both, but what are some key takeaways you maybe could offer for anyone that is considering writing or is writing and hasn't made a decision about publishing? Like, are there, is there any, anything you can share on that? Yeah, I'm, for me, this is what worked for me. And again, people need to do what works for them, right? Mm -hmm. I have a good friend who is an author and she wrote her first book with a traditional publisher. She said, I could never imagine self-publishing. That doesn't even seem possible in her realm, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I'm really proud of self-publishing first. And here's why. 
in fact, it's much easier and faster to self-publish. You don't have to go pitch yourself for anything. You just decide, you look in the mirror and say, do I want to write a book? Yes. Okay. I'm writing a book. I'm going to start writing right now. And here's how long I'm going to write for. And here's how many words it will be. And here's what I'm going to do. It's all up to you and your initiative to get mm -hmm. it done. And then of course, uploading it to Amazon, right? So okay. you're in charge of when that happens and you're the only person that has to approve it. Cut to, if you wanna get a publishing deal, you have to write a book proposal, you have to pitch an agent. Once you get an agent, that agent goes out on your behalf and pitches you to traditional publishers. Then you need to decide on which deal do you wanna go with? Who's the right publisher for you? Once you sign with the publisher, then you get put in their queue, right? Of wherever mm -hmm. that is. For me, it's gonna, the process will be over two years by the time my book finally comes out. My first book came out five months after I started writing. So you can see that there's a huge difference with speed to market. Mm -hmm. And it's really about, you know, what's important to you. For me, I, I'm grateful I did it the way I did it the first time. But I'm also grateful I'm doing it this way to see that um, comparison of, you know, and I'll know months after the book's out, which one was the right way for me, right? You don't know right. until you see what the success is like, but something tells me that, you know, I'm a huge fan of my first book. I'm a huge fan of my second book, but the lens and expertise that the team that I work with on my second book, I didn't have that for my first book. I'm a right. rookie author with only, you know, two books. Maybe if I had 20 years in, in the writing business, I wouldn't need a team, but I definitely think I benefited from having a team of people who've done this for decades. Yeah, because it probably like opened a lot of other lenses in the process that like you said, the first time self-publishing for your first book ever, I'm sure you wrote papers and you know articles, documents through your career, but to actually write an entire book and self-publish, like that's a, that's a newbie all the way, every level. And now you've seen the whole marketing data-driven side of it all. So either way, it's a win because you, you educated yourself through the process, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah, so your book is available as hardcover, um, paperback, I don't, yes, will be? We oh, have, no, there's a hardcover, hardcover, a Kindle, and an audio book. Okay. And you got, you did the audio. I know you had to audition for your own audio. That was just, listening to your podcast, I was like, oh my, especially when you did your first book, but I'm so glad they wisely chose you because I don't think anyone could read it with your voice, like your, your voice, you, you know, but, but it's interesting. And I've had people on that have traditionally published books that did not do their audio version because they didn't get it. And it, it is a real thing that when you are with a traditional publisher, you have to audition for, or at least most people do. I'm sure some people don't, but I certainly had to, I had to audition and um, yeah, you don't want to lose that opportunity. You want to have that legitimacy and that, you know, honesty of the right. person who wrote the book reading it. Um, but I guess that does not happen for everyone, unfortunately. And you also um, mentioned that you, there's sort of an add-on at the end of each chapter in the audio version. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I listened to the David Goggins book, You Can't Hurt Me, uh, that came out a couple years ago. And I really liked, he did not do the audible version. He had someone else read it. But after the person would read each chapter, it would cut to him giving some backstory, you know, saying like, here's what, what's going on now, or basically just giving more, extending out the story to include, incorporate more behind the scenes. And I really thought that was a cool vantage point. Mm -hmm. And so when I got the Audible version, I asked, you know, what does this look like trying to qualify? You know, what does this look like for me to produce this? And they said, you have full creative flexibility. I mean, listen, I haven't heard it yet out into the world. I'm <laughs> praying that it all made it in there. 
one of the things my producer and I did was I read the book word for word, but at the end of every chapter, we would stop, pause for a moment, and then he would hit record and I would just riff, you know? So for me, it was interesting. I had, as I said, it was a two-year process writing the book. So some of this stuff I was reading for the first time in a while, and then I would just talk about, wow, you know, it's crazy to even hear this right now because I'm so far removed, but let me tell you, you know, and I just give more behind the scenes. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great, uh, that's great bonus material because we just, we're living through a pandemic the past year and three quarters, right? How much has changed? How much? Everything. So what you started writing two years ago, maybe, maybe the, the take on or even your personal take could be much have shifted by now. So it's kind of neat that they allowed you that creative license to ad lib too. Cause then it, it, I just think it's a great um, selling point, basically, that the author chips in at the end of every part. I think that's really cool. I'd never heard of it. So I'm still buying the hardcover, though, because I'm a hardcover buyer, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll treat myself to the audio. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're not, we're not positive for the launch date, but the point is that um, if people do pre-order Overcome Your Villains right now, tell us about your bonus gift. Yeah, it's definitely going to be out in November. The The date has been recently moved because of supply chain issues. It looks like it may be coming out the 16th instead of the 9th. Uh, but when you order the book now, if you go to overcomeyourvillains.com and upload all the information, you get my confidence video course, which is $299, my email accountability program, you get my overcome your villains workbook, you get the first chapter. I mean, I put so much bonus material together to help support anyone that is looking to up-level themselves, you know, overcome challenges in their life that you can get started today and working on them. Heather, thank you for making the time to come on today and share your inspiring journey. I think, I think um, we've, we've sort of done the Cliff Notes version and just to, you know, for my, for my listeners, Heather and I too, as a you know, someone that was fired, there are some very dark days to get through and some very difficult decisions to make and everything's not like tea and roses, but Heather's a great example of someone that just, just like she said, she moves, she makes decisions, she breaks things as she likes to say, and she's just pushed her way through this entire new journey to where she is today. So take some, uh, listen, sign up for her podcast, get her book, tap into her um, great knowledge and experience as an entrepreneur. And I think you will never be sorry for doing it. Let's put it that way. She's been a tremendous encouragement and um, um, motivation for me. You're a great motivator. So you've definitely found your calling. I mean, I know, I'm sure they loved you in media as well, you know, in your previous career, but this is, I think, definitely your calling to inspire Um, and build people's confidence and you're excellent at it. So Thank you, Michelle. That means the world to me. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. And everyone, uh, I'll put all the notes, uh, the notes in the podcast episode notes as always. Um, and I will see you all next week for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss podcast. Have a great day, Heather. You too. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Gentlewoman Boss podcast. Please remember to download my podcast so you can listen whenever and wherever you'd like. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much if you've already done so. It really does help with ratings and distribution of the show. I also invite you to email me if you'd like to share your story or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode of the show. 
just visit thegentlewomanboss.com and click on the contact tab at the top to email me. You can also follow me on social media at gentlewomanboss. And if you prefer to watch podcasts rather than just listen to the audio version, my episodes are also uploaded on my YouTube channel in video format as well. Click subscribe and when new episodes drop, they'll show up in your YouTube feed. It's super easy. So until next time, remember, always choose to be the gentlewoman or gentleman in the room. I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast.